The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works in giving you a boner. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Besides from me reading this, it's made in the U.S. of A. America. And... Since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we'd like to thank them for sponsoring this train wreck of a podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to a bonus edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. It's a bonus because it's extra on top of what you get on the daily podcast. And the reason it is a bonus podcast is because... Andrew, we have breaking news. Drew Brees had his surgery yesterday. He was showing the pictures to everyone, as is 2019 custom. Athletes have surgery. They show the post pictures. He was showing the picture of his thumb rub. Apparently, it went perfect. So, everything is well. And that window is going to be six to eight weeks. So, we know... How long about he's going to be out? So now, what do the Saints, how does this, how does this affect what happens for the Saints going forward, do you think? Yeah, well, it's good news that surgery went well. Obviously, no complications or anything. And uh, so, you know, the tweet from Rap Sheet is that the uh, six-week timeline is in sight. Now, yeah. the, interesting th- the interesting thing about six weeks is that once you hit six weeks, that seventh week is, is a buy for the saints. Um, so I think that comes actually at a fortunate time perfect, uh, because if, if he, if he, if he's really kind of ready and healed and good to go at, at the six week mark, that basically gives him two, two weeks, you know, after the, the sixth game, it gives him a full week after that. And then a week of preparation to get ready for the Falcons. Um, so I think that timeline actually suits the saints pretty well, or at least the ball, the buy falls on a, good timing considering this injury and then when you look at the schedule if he comes back at that point you're talking about four straight games against nfc south opponents yeah including two against the falcons um so you know we don't know how drew Brees is going to look when he comes back is he going to be firing on all cylinders we don't know um but there's still going to be something to play for at that point and so that's if great. they can hold it, if they if if they can hold it on, they gotta hold. They right, have, they, right. They so, gotta hold so it out. So they've got six games, and you know, I, I, you figure two and four is kind of like the bare bare minimum that 
Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill can get away with. You know, I think at two and four, there's at least hope. Um, it would give Breeze basically little to no margin for error, but he could probably lose one game. They could finish 10 and six. But, yeah, you know, I think everyone kind of sees pretty clearly that the target here is three and three. If you can well, split it, these it, next six games, it, the, that's huge. They really, I know everybody says three and three is the target, but to me, and, and that's realistic, but realistically for the Saints, whatever the win total is, I don't even much less care about the win total in a sense of I'm just going to look at where they are in the NFC South. If they go 3-3, three and three, but Atlanta somehow catches fire and goes 5-1 and one, and Atlanta is 6-2 and two and the Saints are 4-4, four and four, you're two games back. That's a, lot, that's a lot of games to go. That's a lot of games with only eight games left, even though you'd play them twice, right? So right. to me, if you told – I, if the Saints can be within a game of first place, I don't care about the record, really. Like now, granted, it wouldn't be any fun to be three and five, but I would rather the Saints be three and five and Atlanta be four and four than the Saints be four and four and Atlanta be six and two. So, like, that's what I'm gonna look at. Like, as long as you're within a game, when you have all these NFC South games left to play, you're fine. So, um, yeah, and right now you're tied for first place. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Staying in, con- I mean, that's a good point, and I think staying in contact with the division, you know, I think I think a buy and seeding is kind of out the window at this point. I think you have to accept that that, that the Saints aren't going to be the top seed in the NFC this year, and that's the reality of this injury. But um, it, you know, if they can win the division, then they're going to have a home game to start the playoffs, and that's got to be the goal for now. You know, I think the thing with the Saints is. Looking forward for the playoffs, like you say, the home field is out. The, the main thing for me I want is you can win the division and you get a home game. And maybe that first playoff game, you get it in a dome. You get it in, you know, the Rams again. I know people wouldn't want to play the Rams again, but the, I'd rather go to the Rams or San Francisco than, than like Seattle or Green Bay or even even Dallas, would as good as they are, like – no weather, no weather situation there. So that's a long way off. So we have, we know we have six weeks. Um, now that the Saints sort of have it locked in place, and the interesting thing, Andrew, yesterday was Rod Walker of the the, the Times Picayune asked uh, Sean Payton. He's like, "Look, now that Taysom Hill is the backup quarterback, does that limit what you can use him on for other things?" And Sean Payton was like, "Who says he's number two? We're playing both, baby. We're going to get weird. Um, so I sort of have changed my mind, and it's a WWL column. It'll, it, it'll post today. Uh, I changed my mind. Andrew, I know we said, hey, he can't risk Taysom Hill. they got to play him left. I think that's out the window. I think Sean Payton is going to play them both, and he's not going to care. And if injuries happen, it happens, whatever. That's tough, tough break, Taysom. Tough break, kid. I think he's going to be aggressive and risky, and he's going to be playing Taysom Hill a lot. I've changed my mind completely. Yeah, I think I've changed my mind too. I still, I still question. It's if risky. He plays on. I, I still question if he plays on special teams anymore. Like I, I could see him. You know, I know he's like on the kickoff return unit. As no, you can't do that. Like, no, that's that's yeah, gone. Yeah. So you know, I, I wonder if he's removed from that stuff, but. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, well, I thought it was interesting that they added JT Barrett to the practice squad um, because obviously he's kind of the insurance policy, right? If something does happen, and 
that, that signal. I, I think that signals that they are going to take some risks. You know, JT Barrett calling calling JT Barrett an insurance policy is like calling uh, the guy who goes door to door selling you insurance for eight dollars a month insurance policy. I mean, well, uh, yeah, if I JT you, Barrett's I mean, playing. It, just, I mean, you, you see, you see what happened to the Jets. Like at some point, you run out of quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So it's, I mean, you got you got to have somebody taking snaps, and you know, there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The Saints have three injuries. I mean, that, that's going to take two more injuries at quarterback, Bridgewater and Hill for Bear. But I mean, you know, if, if, if one of those guys gets banged up or hurt and you're playing, yeah. if, if you're potentially yeah. playing two of them, each game, I think the risk for injury to one of them goes goes up. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where until Breeze gets back, JT Barrett may maybe get on the active roster at some point. So we'll have to see. But I, I agree with you. I, I think the more I think about it, too. So, yes, I think maybe we take him away from the from the uh, special teams roles. But otherwise, I do think he should play on offense. And the thing is, first of all, Taysom Hill is a dynamic player and when you don't have Drew Brees in your offense, like you can't take away a dynamic player in your offense along no. with it. Like if anything, the the offense needs him now more than ever. So that would be my first point in why you play him and why I've kind of changed my mind on this. And the second thing is, I just think points are going to be hard to come by for this offense. It's just it's different now. With without Brees, it's just more difficult to put up points. And I just think Sean Payton is going to look for ways to manufacture as many points as he can. And whether that's a Taysom Hill deep ball out of the, when he's out of the wildcat or whatever he needs to concoct, you know, to, to make this offense go, he, he's got to do. And so and I think it's smart. Like, look, the thing is, Sean Payton may decide he's not playing Taysom Hill at all. He may decide, you know what, we can't risk injury there. And Teddy's going to be the starter, and he's going to play the whole game. But I think he's playing it right because he's forcing Seattle before this game. Now, I, I think the cat's out of the bag with how he, he's going to use both quarterbacks while Breeze is out after this game. Because then the next team will have tape, and Dallas will be able to see what the plan is, how they use yeah. both guys. Um, but going into this game, it's a total mystery for the Seahawks how the Saints are going to approach it. 
And he wants to keep that element of surprise and force Seattle yeah. to, to spin their wheels on preseason tape and how Taysom Hill was used and, you know, how Teddy Bridgewater played in the preseason, all that stuff. He's going to make them study all that stuff. And I think he's going to put them in the weeds a little bit in their preparation, which I think is a smart thing to do. Yeah. And look, you know, when we originally were talking about what are we going to do for Thursday before, the, you know, before we got the good news on Drew Brees' surgery, we were, we, were, we were saying, hey, let's go back and look at the 2015 Carolina Panthers-Saints game because that's when Luke McCown played, and that can sort of give us – that's the only data point we have, right, of Sean Payton without Drew Brees. That's it. That's the only one yeah. we have, so that's what you look at. And that was sort of before Sean Payton sort of – Said, hey, I'm gonna play both. I don't, I don't know who's. Star- I'm not gonna tell you who's starting. And that, you know, with Taysom Hill, it adds the extra element. But I do think, me and you rewatched the Carolina game. The one thing that struck me, and I'm not a tape watcher as you, but just watching it, I, Andrew, I, I remembered vaguely, like a lot of Saints fans said, oh yeah, Luke McCown, he played, he played good that game, and he, and he threw that inter- interception where Josh Norman made that good play, and the Saints, they almost won, and he was, he was pretty good, and, and it just sort of faded. But when I went back and watched it, Andrew, what Sean Payton was able to get from Luke McCown against by the way, the NFC champion Carolina Panthers, who went 15-1 and and had an elite defense and were a great football team, uh, what he got from him was amazing. I didn't, re- I didn't remember. Luke McCown started 14 of 15 and had a 94-yard touchdown drive to put the Saints up 10-0. He looked remarkable. He really did. He had a, yeah, so like you said, 14 of 15, and you know, so much of it was scripted. I, I, the thing that probably impressed me the most is just <clears throat> how quick the ball was out all the time. And it was just like it was one of those things where I think the Saints just felt like, hey, we can't run on Carolina. We know we can't. Their front is too good. So what we're going to do is we're going to snap the ball and the ball's going to be out. And we're just going to our passing game is going to be an extension of the run game. You're going to throw mm-hmm. short four or five yard passes and we're going to nickel and dime them to death. Now. Give Luke McCown credit because while those throws were pretty easy, his location on those balls was excellent. You know, and, and you still, I mean, you still have to make the throw even if they're easier throws. You, you don't go 14 and 15 by accident. I mean, you have to be accurate to do that, even on the short stuff. So while the throws were a little bit easier, I just thought his ability to execute, get the ball out quickly, it was pretty impressive. And so I just wonder if it, yeah, like you said, is it going to be something similar here where Breeze, or sorry, where Bridgewater just comes out of the gate and boom, 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 balls out quickly. The Saints aren't running the ball that much. They're really doing more possession passing, um, which is what they do a little bit with Breeze. But Bridgewater, to me, has always been a guy that maybe hangs onto the ball a little bit longer than he should. And I'm curious to see in this game if we see a transformation here where Everything's out quickly. Everything's quickly and designed, orchestrated. Um, they only have a week to prepare. So, you know, there's a big question there of how much Teddy Bridgewater can absorb and how prepared can he be in a week when he's going on the road at Seattle and with all that crowd noise. But, um, hey, it was the same circumstance for McCown going into a road game, division opponent, very good defense, um, and he played well. Yeah, and the thing that I noticed too about it was they – did a lot of short passes, but, you know, this was kind of at the beginning of Brandon Cook's career with the Saints, and the Saints sort of 
hadn't figured out that he wasn't necessarily, you know, when they drafted him, they thought he was going to be this great in-space player, right? He's this little tiny dude that runs really fast. We can get him the ball on bubble screens and that sort of yeah. thing, and he can break plays. And, and the Saints kind of didn't figure it out till later that, no, even though he's tiny, he's really a deep threat kind of guy, right? Um, and yeah. that well, he, but- He's just more... He's more of a traditional receiver that runs route. He, he's not really a after the catch guy. He's more of like run a good route, make a good catch kind of guy. And, yeah. Um, but this- so the way they use Kamara now, and I think Kamara is really effective in that role, is really kind of at least in the passing game what, the vision they had for Cooks. Cooks just didn't execute it as well as Kamara does. Yeah, but they tried it against Carolina. They were doing it. They were moving Cooks around. Uh, they were doing bubble screens and slants to him. And even though he wasn't necessarily, I don't think necessarily as great as they thought, like it was a slant, six yards, seven yards, bubble screen on first down, four yards. Like the whole plan, I think, was like we cannot have Luke McCown on the road in third and more than seven. Like we have to avoid that at all costs. And I think – in Seattle, which the crowd noise is even going to be more amped up, I think they're going to. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to. Tr- I think if the Saints are competitive and win this game, Kamara is going to have a ton of touches. Like that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, and he has to. I mean, that's their horse. When you lose a guy like Drew Brees, you got to lean on the guys that are difference makers in the game. And so, you know. Kamara and Thomas, we always talk about how this offense goes through them. Uh, we were kind of hoping that Jared Cook would maybe change that a little bit this year. Um, but, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, listen, Dave's boy, Lil' Jordan, he, uh, he's hey, called he up. It's going to be interesting to see if he's active for this one or if they go with Austin Carr. I um, hope, but, I hope uh, Lil' Jordan catches a touchdown and Dave gets to be insufferable. Monday night. Yeah, well, what are we going to do if <laughs> Lil Jordan and Granderson are both active and Lil Jordan gets a touchdown and Granderson gets a sack? We'll that just have be... you and Dave fight it out in the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> For um, supremacy. But no, it's exciting, man. It's, it's um, you know, there's been some injuries, though, you know. Kirk, Kirkwood and Anzalone, we haven't talked about them too much. And um, you know what's a sneaky injury, too, is Pete. If Pete is hurt. He's the backup left tackle, so nail tackle becomes even more fragile. Yeah, well, he he's uh, he's limited at practice, so I'm, I'm hopeful that he's going to go. Um, it's a good sign that he was practicing yesterday. Um, but uh, it looks like Traquan, he, he has not been practicing. So, you know, all of a sudden you've got Traquan. He's probably going to miss this week with his ankle issue. Kirkwood's on IR, so receivers changing qu- quickly here, and we're going to see little Jordan. We're going to see Austin Carr. Those are guys that haven't played yet this year. Um, so, I don't know that there's a huge drop off, honestly, because Kirkwood really hasn't given you anything this year, and Traquan w- was actually looking pretty nice. But I, I, I think the difference, you know, they're, they're, it's a blessing and a curse, right, to not have great receivers because I think while Kirkwood and Traquan were maybe nothing special and we're disappointed that they they aren't they aren't performing better, um, I don't think it's a huge drop off to the next guys on the list. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we'll get into we'll get into more of the the actual game plan of what the Saints will try to do versus Seattle tomorrow. The one thing that I will say that gives me hope is Andy Dalton threw for 400 yards in Seattle, and and he did that. He didn't have AJ Green, you know. So yeah. I th- I think 
Saints fans, we we view Seattle as a as a as a house of horrors for the Saints, and that is accurate. You know, we have Beastquake, and we have the the two the, the the Monday night massacre in twenty thirteen and the playoff game, which it was closer, but it was still not a pleasant experience, right, for the Saints fans. So we have all those experiences in our mind. But all those experiences, twenty thirteen is a long time ago. Twenty yeah. Twenty ten is a long time ago. Th- those defenses for Seattle are gone. And yes, they, they, they added Clowney and um, they may have uh, Ziggy Ansa playing. He 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 looks like he's going to be healthy. But they're a different. They're a different team, and I think we have to. And, and we'll do it tomorrow. We have to look at Seattle as what they are now, and 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 sort of divorce ourselves from our traumatic experiences in the past, which is hard to do as a fan. But it's and we say it, it's a cliche, and, it, and it's different every year. But this team, this is not this is not twenty thirteen Seattle. Russell Wilson is there, but it's everything else is different. Yeah, no, it's well said. Uh, but I think the one constant is that it's a difficult environment. Yeah. you know the crowd, the crowd noise, and, and the environment in the stadium is it is what it is, and that's not changing. And so. Um, while I agree with you, I think you, you said it, man. I mean, your comment about how we just can't get in third and sevens or more, like that just can't happen. And so when I look at last week against the Rams where it was first and 10 and Bridgewater throws a perfect ball to cook on an eight yard hook route and it's dropped. And instead of second and two, it's second and 10. Like, that can't happen. The penalties, they can't happen. So I don't know how effective the Saints are going to be running the football throwing the football, but third and seven plus is a recipe for disaster because then you have to throw and Clowney and Ansa, they can pin their ears back and pass rush. And I think with that crowd noise, that's where, and, and limited at receiver with some injuries, that's where Bridgewater starts to get in huge trouble. So Yeah, because, you, because it's third down, it's super loud, you can't hear, you can't audible, you got a rookie center, you know, it's just, and you're, you get injuries at wide receiver, and it's just, it all stacks on top of it. Whereas if you have all those things, the crowd will be loud, you know, you, you have a rookie center. But if you can just be – and the thing is, too, man, you can say whatever you want about Seattle's crowd, the Dome crowd, but the crowd, they are not, they're not going to be the same if you're consistently getting to third and two, third and three. The crowd's just not going to be as amped as they are when it's third and 10 or third and eight or third and 15. They're just not. And if you can just consistently keep it in manageable, yeah, keep it it in manageable distances, you just sort of ramp that crowd just down to not as, not as much. So it's just, and that's exactly, I mean, they lose the game in Carolina and it got tense at the end because it came down to the final drive. But I, I think, the Saints did an incredible job of that in that Luke McCown start in 2015. And so uh, you brought that game up, but I think there's a, really a lot to learn from that. And I, I encourage Saints fans, if, if you're bored and you're looking for something to yeah. do and you have game pass, you know, watch it because that's, a, I think, a huge clue into how the Saints are going to approach this game. I think, and I, I said it in a column, I went back and found a column, I said in the column, and I stand by it I stood by it now then 100% and I stand by it now it's one of Sean Payton's finest game plans that he's ever put together as a Saints coach and and there was and the result doesn't change it you know it was it was a masterpiece to go in there with Luke McCown and look Luke McCown I went into his game log Andrew the only other game that he's had in his that he had in his entire career 
that was remotely close to that was a game against was, the Saints. Right, right. Well, he was a Tampa quarterback. Yeah, where he was a Tampa right? quarterback. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Those, those, that's it. So, so like, Sean Payton – that got probably some, got that game probably got him the Saints backup job. Probably, honestly. probably, and uh, and uh, AJ Klein's game against the Saints in 2015 probably got him the contract from the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably yeah. the reason he's on the Saints now. But but my point is, like, if if Sean Payton he coaxed something out of Luke McCown that's never happened, only happened once before, and didn't happen again. So if he can do that with Luke McCown, if Teddy Bridgewater's healthy. And back, there's no reason why he can't get it out of Teddy Bridgewater, you know? So I watched that game, and it gave me hope and excitement that Sean Payton is smart enough and a, a great enough coach to get this done. But we'll see, and we'll give you the game plan tomorrow. But thanks, guys. This has been free because of Blue Chew at the top and my bookie. Go to my bookie and use the code uh, CHAIR, and you get a 50% sign-up bonus. Uh, my bookie, they're the best online app. And if you do it now and you go to mybookie.ag and you put in $50 for the next, till the end of September, armchair, you send us the confirmation that you signed up on my bookie, they'll send you a check for $20. Just send it to saintshappyhour at gmail. So for Andrew, yeah. I'm Ralph. We'll see you tomorrow for the game preview, but that is just going to be for people that are patrons that pay $7. So until then, have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow.